Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Müllwald. of the East London Challenge Cup soon after their formation in 1885. The old Millwall Rovers are now known to their roaring supporters as the Lions. Legs to a footballer are as important as they are to a chorus girl, and riding an imaginary bicycle upside down keeps the muscles flexible. Oh, in the box, there's a little skip header. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart, and you find me at one of the great venues of English football, dear listeners, Villa Park. 1966 World Cup venue, Euro 96, I believe, if memory serves. First time I've been here, so strangely, um, circumstances have combined in my life never to actually get me to here. I've been to Derby County's ground three times, but not, not here. Odd. It's a cold day here in Birmingham. Ryan today in white shirts, blue shorts, white stockings. Aston Villa in their claret and blue turnout. Get behind the boys and make some noise, the man's saying, dear listeners. It's, it's um, not working very much so far. Changing goal for us today, dear listeners. It's like Dave Martin's out there. I'm not sure why Jordan Archer's out. Is he, is he injured? Is he, is he suspended? This is why you tune into my show. This complete lack of information about leading members of the Mill squad. Romeo's in the, in the ter- lineup. Um, Hutchinson, Cooper, Meredith across the, the back line. Midfield, Tunnicliffe and Saddle. Wallace and O'Brien on the wings and up front. Dynamic duo, Lee Gregory and Stevie Morrison. Away we go. First half, the Villa are going to be attacking uh, not the whole team, the other end, whoever that's called. Bit of noise from the Milwaukee supporters. Not much from the, the Aston Villa. Uh, four sides, really, pretty much. Huge ground, 42,000 capacity. One of the great venues of English football, as I've already said. Aston Villa, one of the great clubs of English football, and honestly, ball for Morrison to uh, chase after. He puts it into, it's a goal kick. He, he put it into the crowd afterwards, inside the first minute. 
ex-winners of the European Champions Cup, of course, hence the star on their line badge. Rightly, uh, rightly uh, proudly uh, to, to proclaim they won the European Cup in uh, 1982, and I believe ex-Mill goalkeeper Nigel Spink was in goal for them that, that, that night, and I believe it was a 1-0 win over Hamburg SV. Back in 1982, a very different world, very different European Cup competition. 2000 Lions fans have made the journey up here today. I've driven up the M11 A14. Nice journey in the bright sunshine. It's getting uh, darker now, though. The, the light is falling. Lions are a little chip forwards. This is O'Brien on the left wing. Two minutes into the game, the ball across into the middle. That's Lee Gregory. This is Saville. Big performance last week to win 3-1 over Sheffield United. Let's hope the Lions can bring some of that second-half verve into the game. Nice little 1-2. That's his uh, Romeo going down the right. His goal obviously only in the pit today over, over uh, Conor McLaughlin. Rightly so, unlike Marlon Romeo, brings an attacking spirit to the side. Um, you could probably argue McLaughlin's a better defender, but uh, certainly Marlon brings that pace and... Um, sense of the unexpected going down the right wing. The whole team were quite tight. They're apparently the 12th man, according to one of their banners down at that end. Next to FC, must be Aston Villa FC, the obsession. The obsession. Neil's my obsession. That's yours too for listening to this show. You'd be listening otherwise, it wasn't your obsession. So yeah, my first trip to Aston Villa. Sounds odd, but given the number of times we've played them over the years, events have always slightly conspired against me when it comes to trips to Aston Villa. The big one, obviously, was the first game in the old first division in 1988. Um, and at the time, my, my wife, my ex-wife, was pregnant. And um, I, I'm going to get slated for this as being non-real war, but um, I needed to be with her at that time. She was going through a hard time, so I couldn't make the journey up for the tour draw. When we famously took a 2 new I think it was Cascarino and Sheringham two uh, first half strikes before Villa pulled it back to two each what a great season that was and that was a great game uh, one two down the side it's going to be over here I think for Aidan O'Brien in the left hand coming up for the fifth minute not an awful lot of action to describe so far dear listeners the, uh, I don't know if it's called the Aston they're going to call it the Aston it's not the whole team that's the main thing there's a pub down that and I came past actually called the Holt hence the name the whole team that's the main home end huge uh, two banks of, of seats now it used to be a terrace back in the olden days uh, the opposite end which I'm going to christen the Aston in fact that's what it's really called in, in real life um, it's a little uh, their, their version I think of a little um, ultra kind of um, mob down there that want to sing at the Mill fans and it always ends well doesn't it Lee Gregory chasing the goalkeeper down well there in six minutes falls to uh, Aston Villa's possession so far not much to report on their front going forwards most most um, impartial judges think we're going to get hammered here today. I, I did see odds of four to one against. Not, I'm not I'm turning into any kind of John McKeurick-style betting station here, dear listeners. But um, I think they were five to four on for a home win. Lines four to one for the win. With some some bizarre um, odds, twenty-seven to ten. I, I mean, I don't really understand betting at the best of times and odds and fractions and. That kind of thing always bemused me back at school. So I've got a little chance now this this far into my adult life. But 27 to 10, whatever fuck that means, I don't know. Uh, but basically all you need to know is Aston Villa, who are surging forwards now in seven minutes, are the uh, favourites. Early corner, seven minutes in for Aston Villa, just as a line of riot-clad police line up alongside the, the home end, the home fans, the, the away fans, sorry. I suppose every ground is eternally our home ground, isn't it? 
Anyway, Aston Villa corner, early doors, seven and a half minutes. Chance them to put the ball in the box. They've got a couple of big boys in the middle there, I see. Swung in from the right, that's headed clear at the uh, not even near post. That was Tony Cliff. Here's a seven, back on the right wing. Attacking the uh, two real defensive on the Savile and Tunnicliffe again. There's a 21 over overlapping. Savile's going to be uh, eight minutes. I was looking at soccer base just to show how expert a pundit I am. I was checking soccerbase.com, which is uh, packed so many stats and statistics and figures that it fair turns my uh, my mind. Um, but um, a little kind of hot and cold thing on there. So Villa's recent form: four wins, one draw, one loss. And they're shown as hot on the temperature gauge. Uh, Mill's recent form, one win last week, two draws and three losses. And they're showing as the, uh, the chilly end of the, of the temperature gauge. Here's a 49 going down the right-hand side on nine minutes. Attacking again Aidan O'Brien in front of him. That's a six. With the retaining possessions of 21 as we go past nine and a half minutes. Trying to work a little bit of space. There's Dave Martin. Dave Martin in goal. What's become of Jordan Archer? We'll have to check this out after the show. I can't tell you now in play and in action because I actually don't know. Clearly, I think he must be suspended or some such. How many players have we had called Dave Martin over our history? Quite a few, I think. There's another one. We must have a, a clone bank, some kind of baby bank somewhere, like the boys from Brazil. Uh, a kind of a bank of, of Dave Martins somewhere deep in Calmont Road. Where I was in the week, I went down to um, interview Steve Cavanagh. I don't know if you tuned into the Lions live show, but uh, the special show that I produced for Mickey. That's O'Brien uh, Holtz in front of the D. Ten minutes. Fascinating place, Calmont Road. Um, near Downham. I hadn't been there before, I kind of heard of it and uh, I kind of knew roughly where it might be but I've never been there ball breaks, is 37 on the left 10 and a half minutes ball for the 39 who shoots over the bar, over the bar from 39 from the edge of the penalty, first real opportunity for anyone in the game shot over the bar by the 39 uh, yeah, so I went down and spoke to uh, Steve Cover, tune into the Lions Live special show, why don't you um, I have no rivalry with Lions Live Radio. I'm going to see it prosper. Um, been some changes there, which I will not comment on. Um, all I uh, did was interview Steve and also chat with Ross Archer, who was the uh, mayoral candidate for, for uh, Lewisham for the Conservatives. Rarely do I interview Conservatives, but I did so on this occasion. And a jolly nice chap he was too, and supportive of the club case. So that's, um, that's really all that counts. 12 minutes, another little foray forwards for Aston Villa down our right side. This is the 21. We're pulled into the middle, that's headed wide by the, uh, the 39, is it? 37. So, yeah, curiously industrial kind of ideas at um, football training grounds. I went down to meet Steve Cavanagh to wait because they're all having their dinner in the uh, kind of like stand in the lobby waiting for the uh, chief executive to finish his dinner. Uh, where the players are eating, but you're not allowed to go round there. You can't intrude. There's a, there's a line on the, in the hallway by the office where the, the ladies sit, the receptionists, little ball forwards from normal. That move breaks down. Morrison's in the mix. Ball bounce around the villa end. And 13 minutes, and they bring it away. Uh, but yeah, you, you're kind of allowed to go to the reception area, uh, but you mustn't cross the, the line. Ball down the left here. It's going to be picked up by Tony Cliff and brought away. And if you do cross that line, there's some kind of fine system. I think it's to do with Mills' desire to have rules. No mobile phones, a little ball for us. Gregory, the goalkeeper, clears it as he was trying to go for the 50-50 there. That halfway inside the Aston Villa half. 
31 now. Game opened up a little bit on 13 and a half minutes. But uh, Villa have the ball out wide left. Has shot over the bar again. Another angle shot over the bar. Getting increasingly dangerous these little four race forward by Aston Villa, dear listeners. So just to uh, answer you, you, if you're wondering, no, I didn't cross the line. I didn't pay any fee. I didn't get any dinner either out of it. But I did get an interview with Steve Cavanaugh, which was very interesting. Tune into that Lions Live radio special. You'll find it on the spoke on the social media, on the uh, Mill Supporters Club website, and uh, I'm sure there various other places. Mill haven't troubled Aston Villa in the first 15 minutes, in all honesty. They've had more opportunities than than we had, but that said, we're not um, being overrun. So 15, 15, 16 minutes coming up at the moment. It's quite refreshing being in the away section that's on the side on the side of the ground. I do prefer to watch my football from the side, dear listeners, rather than from uh, behind a goal. I prefer it from the side rather than from behind. There's a double entendre for all you ladies out there. Nice view. I'm in the lower tier. Nice view of the ground. All breaks here. This is a 39 just in front of the defence. That's cleared by George Savile, but straight back to Aston Villa midfield. Towards the 17th minute, we're pressing forwards. Move breaks down, thankfully, as they try a little one-two. Nice resulting to the long ball forwards, looking to soak the pressure up, as you probably would expect at a venue like this, a situation like this. And then hit them over the long ball forwards. So far, with no um, no reward. Snodgrass, number seven, didn't he play for Leeds once upon a time? Snodgrass, I always thought it was a fantastic name, Snodgrass. So like you should be leaving in Snodland in, in Rochester, shouldn't you? And it has the, the kind of snot kind of connotation, of course. So your curse of a name that always puts people in mind of the, uh, you know, the kind of uh, detritus of your nose. What a name to have, Snodgrass. Nicely cut out by Jake Cooper. Big boy. He walked past me. I'm, I'm dropping the names of the stars here. Jake walked past me. Offside given for Lee Gregory there. I don't know how that was offside because there was a defender in front of him, but still. Um, yeah, tall boy, tall boy, tall boy. Bill 1 2, Wallace and Morrison. This is Wallace coming down the right hand side. It's a ball across the box, so that's too long for Gregory on 18 minutes. Gregory does well to pick it up on the right hand, the left hand side. This is O'Brien now surging into the Aston Villa box. He runs straight into a wall of claret shirts there. Slightly um, less, than, less than bright play there by Aidan O'Brien. Will force a throw in, so Aston Villa throwing now. Side. It's, it's a cold day, you can probably hear me snivelling like a... All I need now is a dewdrop on the end of my nose to complete the miserable scene, dear listeners. Got something out of Charles Dickens. Lions win possession, there's Hayden O'Brien, he's got uh, Gregory overlapping on the left, a ball into defenders at Will Corner! First corner going to the Lions as we sit towards the 20th minute of the game. The left-sided corner, away at the vast halty end, halt end, the 12th man, the obsession. Founder members of the Football League, Aston Villa, and founder members of the FA Premier League. There's a little factoid for you. So I did dig out. I did do some prep this week's show, and, and unlike last week's, which I very much blagged on the hoof. Here's the uh, corner from the left from Savile. That's towards Morrison, who it's a looping header. It's high over the bar. Nowhere near the goal, unfortunately, dear listeners. There was a great headline in the Sheffield Star last week. I don't know if you saw it online or actually saw it in the flesh in the readiness. There's a look, Morrison does well to win the ball there. He's got Lewis's uh, Gregory on the inside. The goalkeeper's out well there to take the ball on the edge of the penalty area over on the right-hand side. Um, yeah, uh, after last week's 3-1 win over Sheffield United, we returned cold, clinical and brutal, which I think this would be a great um, club slogan. Here comes 
Jed Wallace running from midfield. Fantastic run for the uh, the, uh, the first goal last week, of course. Ball out wide. This is Marlon into the Villa box. Can he get across? He can. It's across the middle headed clear by the four under the, under the crossbar. There's Kona. 22 minutes right side of Kona. Nice move for probably the most uh, coherent move forward by the line so far. Down the right side by Marlon Romeo there. Couldn't be a right sided corner for Millwall. Well done to Marlon Romeo. He's forced his way into this side. He took his opportunity last week. And with uh, runs like that, he's going to force his way into the... He's going to force out Conor McLaughlin. And that's that's no mean achievement. In comes a corner from the right side. It's too low towards uh, Cooper, but it's low. Uh, balls out wide. Right, that's going to be uh, scuffed. As you can hear from the derisive calls from the, the obsessed 12th man end. That's a goal kick for Aston Villa. Halfway through the first half. Ball breaks in midfield from Morrison finds O'Brien running down the central defence. A little overlap. This is Jed Wallace. Can he get the goal? Saved. Fantastic run. Shot by Wallace. Good save by the Aston Villa goalkeeper. Real opportunity for the Lions there. 23 minutes. Going to be a corner. Nice move for the Lions. That was cold and clinical. They're going to bring it away. But one back well, this is James Meredith. This is Meredith again. Picks up one two from Sunnycliffe. He's attacking down the left hand side. That's going to go for a corner. It's going to go for a goal kick. Well, dare I say it, Lions starting to take a little bit of control of the game. We're controlling midfield. It probably will go wrong on me now, I've just said that. Um, but certainly midfield we're starting to match them. And we're starting to win opportunities like this one down the right hand side now. This is. This is uh, Meredith, long ball, this is towards O'Brien, who can't quite get his head on the ball there. Cleared away after a fashion by the Aston Villa defence. Millwall fans have memories like elephants, so they, they do not forget a West Ham cunt. <laughs> that must be Snodgrass, mustn't it? Down the middle for the Aston Villa forward lines, but wide, brilliant tackle there by Jake Cooper, 35, fantastic tackle, two men overlapping, going straight down the middle. And he got a long tackle and he's been congratulated rightly so by his colleagues in defence there. That was a fantastic tackle to save a probable goal there on 28 minutes. Gone for a corner on the left-hand side. Swung in from the left side, taken easily enough by David Martin. The Villa Christmas store is open. We've got one of these moving um, advertisement things, holdings around the side, which I hate. One thing about modern football, not as much to hate in modern football, but the moving adverts around the side are so distracting. That one where you get like a dog running along the side of the pitch, there's an insurance um, advert, I think you see it on, on the Spanish television, uh, Spanish leagues, you see it on the Premier League, you see it here. Chap just asked me if I know why Jordan Archer's not in, in, in the um, team today, and I had not a clue. I made up with a very authoritative sound in my voice that he was suspended. I've not got a clue, dear listeners, why he's not in the team. I'm guessing he's suspended. He might be injured, I don't know. But the guy seemed very satisfied with the answer. He was suspended. In fact, he almost put a little bit of a, an incredulous expression in for me. Um, I don't know if it's fact or not, but anyway. It, as Google said, when the lie becomes big enough, it becomes the truth. Uh, Villa Brokes is a break from Millwall. He's a saddle. He's got Wallace overlapping on the left. He's got Gregory in the middle. All out wide left. Here, here comes Wallace. Can he get a... All one two breaks down. This is Wallace Shonko. Daisy cuts with no power. Probably a wasted opportunity there. The move slightly broke down as, as Wallace tried to release the man inside there. 32 minutes. But desperately trying to get some attention, the Aston Villa fans. Who, who, who the fucking hell are you this thing? It's, um, it's unbecoming, really. It's unbecoming. They desperately want to be reacted against. This is Tunnicliffe. Controversial Tunnicliffe, upon whom opinion differs. Ball into the middle, that's, that's to no one, sadly. 
Cliff plays it out wide. This is Meredith now. They're all keeping the ball inside the Aston Villa half at the moment. Morrison now from the right-hand side. Ball across the box. It falls to O'Brien. Takes some turns. No real conviction. Uh, Cannonades off of the Aston Villa defender for a left-sided corner. 33rd minute of the game. Cannonades. Where did that, that's like a 17th century warfare term. Where did that come from, Dennis? Lines are pressing well in midfield. Let's go for a throw-in, but there's nice pressure there by the middle midfield. 34 minutes. As the game's worn on, we've, we've looked more and more uh, of a proposition for Aston Villa. The, the early promise they had a few shots early on, but that's um, not been so for some time now. You know, pressing forwards, running into the uh, proverbial banks of middle defence here. 35 minutes, the ball tried to uh, work into the middle, but it breaks down. This is Marlon Romeo, who brings away. That's going to go for a middle throw-in on the halfway line. Lions looking increasingly strong in defence as this half has gone along. So left side corner for Aston Villa. That's worked into the middle. That evaded the uh, middle defence there. We're going to draw a break on the with Wallace here. O'Brien running ahead. This is uh, coming down the left hand side. He beats his man. He cuts inside. He finds Tony Cliff through on goal. But pushed out wide left. Goalkeeper did well there. He's, he's trying to find Wallace, but with no uh, no conviction to the pass. Defender got in the way of it, and that move break, promising move there, promising break on 39 minutes breaks down. Aston Villa fans filing for the exits here. Cold towards the outlets of their choice, their catering outlets of choice. From the Doug Ellis stand, named after Doug Ellis, uh, a personality chairman of Aston Villa. I think uh, Saint Agrees used to always go on about Deadly Doug, didn't they? Known for hiring and firing managers at will. All bouncing around in the middle defence here, 40 minutes, and hoofed clear by. James Meredith Morrison ball over the top he finds, finds Gregory in space on the left hand side what can he do here Gregory's cutting into the, into the centre can he have a shot he tries to find Tannycliffe 1-0 Millwall oh it's offside <laughs> offside offside 40, 40 and a half minutes <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about to my left hand side some bizarre sounding accent it's a strange accent around here the Birmingham accent um, one of my in, my in my family life sometimes I've occasion to come up to um, Birmingham for parties and whatnot. and uh, you'll often come across these um, exotic Asian young ladies dressed in the manner of um, like they come out of uh, the, the Sahara Desert on the, with the Omar Sharif riding his, his, his steed um, dressed in their fineries for jewellery and, and facial jewellery looking exotic and beautiful and then they open their mouths up there listeners and it's and it's like you know the old um, in the second world war when the, 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 the stuka might take a little bit of um, ammunition and start you know crash and burn crash and burn 43rd minute Aston Villa on the attack again throwing from the left hand side just short of the Penalty area. Booth breaks down again. Lions defending well. Ball breaks on the right hand side now. That pass cut well by O'Brien. Rounds his man. He's on the attack. Went down the left hand side. Passes the halfway line. Checks. Here's a long pass. He finds Steve Morrison over on the right hand side. Shot on target, but battered away by the goalkeeper. 43 minutes. Needed more power to it. Tried to lob him rather there. Must be a free kick, and it is a free kick. Moore, halfway inside the Aston Villa half. O'Brien clattered on the head from behind. 
central free kick. Saville standing over it. Taken short for a shot by Tunnicliffe straight into the uh, Villa defender. That was a wasted opportunity. Dear listeners, 44 minutes. Not been many breaks in play. I can't think of any occasion where the um, trainer's been on the pitch, to be absolutely honest. Nice little back heel there by Meredith to saving the throw in. This is Aidan O'Brien coming down the left. Nice looking increasingly dangerous. A shot on target. Uh, taken by the goalkeeper. Low. One minute. Overtime. Just need to get through the half time at 0 0. Good, good achievement by the Lions. We've uh, done well in this half for me. Contained Aston Villa, a highly rated side, fifth in the table going into today's game. The, the hot team, according to Soccer Base, is 18 at the edge of the They're still trying to work space there, and that's hoof cleared by Meredith. Um, we've done well to contain them. There's the half time whistle, 0 0. Um, we also that great opportunity at the other end, which will be a little bit more uh, clinical finishing in front of goal. Uh, more the same in the second half, please. Bill Harris in the middle lines. That's half time break. Achtung, Mehlball. There's a couple of banners away to my right. This the, the Aston end, I don't know what it's called. Um, but they've done a, a play on the North Face logo. Um, the North Stand, it must be called the North Stand. They've done a play on the, the North Face with the North Stand and the, the kind of three lines going into a curve by the side of it. Um, and then alongside that, there's uh, the old ATV logos. They're all in claret and blue, incidentally. Um, alongside that is the old ATV UTV. I don't know what that's all about, UTV. Um, ATV used to be the, one of the ITV TV stations, and that, of course, was broadcast from Aston, where we are. Uh, and I well remember their big show was always the Golden Shot, which um, featured every Sunday, I believe. And maybe listeners, older listeners out there can correct me, but it used to be a sun, kind of Sunday afternoon show, late afternoon, if memory serves. Um, and it used to feature a kind of a blindfolded... Um, sounds bizarre when you repeat this stuff back, but this was a big show for kids. Um, it used to feature um, Bob Monkhouse as the compere. And they used to have a blindfolded cameraman who fired a, a crossbow, a crossbow, and the aim being to, to uh, sh- shoot a, a thread in two. I mean, the, the odds were always against you, given that it was blindfolded. And someone would phone in, it's like a phone-in thing, where a, a viewer would phone in and then direct the cameraman right a bit, left a bit, back a bit, back a bit, right a bit, and so on and so forth, with the aim of trying to split the uh, a thread, which was uh, from which was dangling an apple. And if you did that, you won the week star prize, which was something like a, I don't know, like a mini caravan or um, a colour TV or, or, or something of that kind. And this was big viewing, kids. This was this was what we had to watch. There was only three channels, and that was one of the channels. It was one of the ITV companies, ATV, as was. Uh, Bob Monkhouse always go on about being based in Aston, um, and Aston Villa, I guess, and, and so on. Uh, and one of the compares, bizarrely, was um, a, a, the blonde bombshell compare assistant was Anne Aston. Uh, and she was there to, um, <laughs> more double entendre for you here, um, she would load, uh, the, the cameraman was known as Bernie, Bernie the Bolt, who would be the blindfolded, so blindfolded Bernie the Bolt would be, uh, she would load Bernie's bolt, um, and then um, basically, um, uh, pull, I don't know if she pulled back the string, I don't know, before he could fire, I, I, I'm assuming he double entendre in that last sentence for comfort, dear listeners. Uh, but anyway, that Aston, that Aston was a basic uh, ATV, owned by Lou Grade, the uh, father of Michael Grade, who is a Cholton slag, of course. A little bit of history for you. Achtung, Mehlball. 
strange article in the news at then. Uh, Steve Bruce, Aston Villa manager, Steve Bruce, ex-Manchester United um, central defender and, and manager of various clubs since, um, has revealed that he used to travel to South London to watch Millwall when he was a younger, as he wanted his side to expect a big physical challenge. Um, now this was as a Gillingham player. He used to come and watch the Lions in the early 80s as a Gillingham player. Um, which is strange, and he sees the same qualities in the current Mill side that he saw in the likes of Keith Stevens, Big Kitch, uh, and also Sam Allardyce, he says. Um, Bruce always remembers the demands of the Lions fans and expects the same at Villa Park with the 2000 fans. So he says, when I was at Gillingham, I used to travel up and watch Mill on the train and have a little venture into London. I find that quite strange, as a Gillingham player, obviously come and watch another team. Back then, the supporters demand they play a certain way. It's always been like that. You can't have a tippy-tappy team if you play at Millwall. Um, now, having just said they're in South London, he says, he says up to, the, up to us to match them physically. And then he goes on to say they're East End of London, so they take no nonsense. And you just contradicted yourself there. I don't think geography's clearly not um, steep. Maybe he's headed too many balls and his brain's gone squishy. And, but strange article. Check it out in the news at Ben. Listen, there's a source of much comment on this show, as you probably noticed. Freezing cold day. The cold is starting to set in. I feel a little bit akin to uh, Robert Falcon Scott on his ill-fated Antarctic expedition. My God, this is an awful place. Captain Oates, I'm going out. I may have gone a long time. Nick Hart, I've got a little dribbly nose. Aston Villa. A strange kind of cod classical, it's a like Richard Claydeman of kind of uh, the classics going here. It's not quite, um, it doesn't have any drama to it, but it's, um, it's kind of like an old lift music, Muzak, what's the call it? There come the lines, here comes Morrison, lines uh, straggling out, bit by bit. Away we go, dear listeners. Ball in. This is Steve Morrison on the left hand side of the Aston Villa penalty. He tries to cut it back, trying to find Gregory. Just a little bit inaccurate that pass inside the first minute of the second half. We'll all starting the half as they finish the, set, the, the first half. Ball forward there. Right hand side is going to fall to Steve Morrison. He completely miscues it and puts it behind for a goal kick. Too much amusement. Flick from uh, Morrison finds. Gregory now uh, O'Brien coming down the left. Shot on goals. Shot on goal over the bar. It's half cross, half shot, 47 minutes. Over the bar in any event, but uh, nice, nice work, nice bright start from the Lions for the second half. He's up in a physical battle today, Lee Gregory. That four, the central defender for Aston Villa, is a bit of a man mountain. A bit like the uh, Gulliver's Travels. He must have come from the, the land of the Giants. Aston Villa on the, on the surge forward on the right hand side, ball into box, 49 minutes. 39, fires it into the middle, defender was into Hutchinson, playing for a handball but half-hearted, the referee wasn't having any of it. Well, 53 minutes in, dear listeners, there's no reason why we can't press on and win this. I've seen absolutely nothing so far from Villa, apart from the odd break, a few shots from distance early on in the, in the first half during the opening phase to, to worry us. Um, we've contained them well and when we press forwards, a little bit more luck in front of goal. We, we, we you know, we, we should be in for shout here. Here's, here's o O'Brien coming down the left. Gregory wants it in the middle. It's almost found. It's forced to Tunnicliffe. Saddle shot uh, low, no power behind it. Saddle. 53rd minute, 54 minutes. We've got pushing and shoving. O'Brien and uh, Cooper's in there. Cooper wants to have a go. A little bit of um, handbags. 
would be well advised. Morrison straight in the face of the referee. Coop would be well advised to um, kind of uh, cool it. I think as Mick Jagger once said at Altamont Speedway, cool it, cats. As referee's watching, he can't afford to lose him. He's played very well this afternoon, and it's to his credit he's steamed in there to protect Aidan O'Brien. But that was a little bit of push and shove, and no more than that. So we don't really need to lose Jake Cooper. <laughs> I love it when people think singing I'm forever blowing bubbles is going to enrage you to the extent you're going to react in some way um, the, the way that the uh, stands located it kind of look like the, um, the old sheeting alongside of um, Villa fans most of whom are just watching the game but there's a couple that think that it's amusing to, to sing West Ham songs it's always fucking quite laughable Jed Wallace in a chase down the right hand side the goalkeeper puts it into touch must have hit someone in the crowd. What's going on down there? Somebody. We've got movement. Stewards. An argy bargy. Down to my right. Can't quite see what's going on there. Plastic bottle thrown from the Aston Villa side. Play pauses. Can't quite see what's going on. The other right squatter down there. No writing, but the right squatter out. Play stopped for the moment. This is Romeo Morrison by the corner flag he finds Tony Cliff a goal now would be quite a nicely timed moment in proceedings that's a cross from Romeo deflected up high Gregory almost takes some turns almost fantastic Hutchinson gets turned up by the 39 Villa on the break A18 57 minutes ball it's going to be floated in and cleared by the mill defence the argy-bargy has slightly stopped arging and barging to our right everyone wants a piece here don't they you're a Millwall fan that ball breaks back to uh, Meredith he finds Wallace on the, on the, on the right hand side he beats his man what can Jake do here he's coming down the right hand side he's got poor choice <laughs> yeah, yeah Gregory running through I think he was trying to find him or was he trying to shoot was it a cross? Was it a shot? It was nothing, and he ended up high over the bar. 58 minutes. Stodgrass has been wiped out of the game. Jack Kugman's come in. Quincy, Emmy. Greenish. Not Jack Kugman, Jack Greenish. Better if it would be Jack Kugman. Mortician. Whatever he was. Coroner or something like that. Quincy. Cold getting me, listeners. I'm rambling. 60 minutes we're ticking towards. Long ball falls there towards Gregory. It falls to Morris on the volley. High over the bar. Had to be taken first time. Good effort, but over the bar. So maybe not so good. Most amusing, the, uh, the Aston Villa fans to our left are all uh, standing up. They're being told to sit down. They've got stewards and coppers harassing them to sit down. There's a ball into the middle there. That's cleared away by the Aston Villa defence. So my, my attention was diverted there. Meredith does well. Line starting to battle, starting to get take some kind of um, control of the game. Too soon to say that. 63 minutes. 65 minutes. We're pressing forwards now. Ball over the top. This is Lee Gregory for a goal. Goalkeeper's there. Nice work by the goalkeeper, in fairness. There's 10 from distance. That's on target. Nice save by Dave Martin. That was uh, a dipping shot down low, right hand side of the corner there. On target, would have gone in. And Martin got down very well to push it down for a corner. Nice dodge of bullet there. A good save by Dave Martin. Gregory on the halfway line, running at the defence. He's got O'Brien in front of him, and Fyden has gone offside. 
This is Tunnicliffe making a good run. He finds Gregory as he clips. Ball still bounces around inside the penalty. I look like he was clipped for a moment. Ball still in the Aston Villa headers. That's like a handball. Possibly by Millwall player, they bring it away. 67 minutes, little opportunity there. Some solid tackles going in midfield. Breaks the 18, though, on the left. Graham Sargent's open up a little bit. He's going to take a chance to shoot. That's high over the bar. High over the bar. Deflected off of Hutchinson. Corner. Corner. Lobbed into the middle. That's headed clear by Steve Morrison again. Fighting performance by the Lions, dear listeners. Halfway through the second half. We're still in the mix. We're still in it. And um, it could go either way. But Lions got every opportunity here. Nice run, Jed Wallace. Come down the centre now. Tries to take on his man. Clips his goal through. Green lights to the dive. I think he got clipped. He showed a yellow. 69 minutes. Get turned over by the referee there, Jed Wallace. And on the uh, left side, the Mildred uh, penalty area. Balled into the box. overhead kick. Pele style. The only thing that was missing from that Pele style kick was the fact he went to... Off the, off the pitch at the edge of the penalty area rather than into the net half from that was Pele style my words are becoming m- mumbled and stumbled the cold is getting uh, quite arctic dear listeners there's a long ball forwards from Morrison finds Gregory's for on goal what can he do he's being pulled wide can he get the shot on goal oh over the bar as you gathered 74 five minutes referee pulls up play Grimes nearly put through. That referee's pulled it back. Gregory uh, clipped as, as Morrison flick headed onto him. Shouting off behind me. I don't think we'll get him off for that. Should be a yellow card. It is a yellow card, I believe. 78 minutes. Saddle takes. Lofted forwards. Cooper gets his head on it. That's head of uh, close range by Glee Gregory straight into the arms of the goalkeeper. Another close chance. Lofted forward by Cooper again. Flick header. This is Gregory on target. Oh, nice uh, take by the goalkeeper. This is uh, Wallace. Couldn't find Morrison with uh, the space inside the area there. Another chance for Lions. Route one paying dividends, but no goal. 79 minutes. Morrison's coming out. It's going to be Elliot replacement. 81 minutes. Some uh, Villa fans filing for the exits. It's early to be filing for the exits. It's only 81 minutes. There's still a good 10 minutes action yet to go in this. Plus, uh, you know, injury time. Clearly, of the miserablest genre of football fan. You catch the early bus on, get back for Strictly Come Dancing. There's some nonsense like there's a ball forward. There's Elliot battling there, but it's gone through to the goalkeeper. O'Brien's coming out. He's coming in. Williams is coming in. Nice to see Williams. Got a little bit of run out last few minutes of the game. 37 crosses it into the middle. That's headed clear by Elliot. And back into the mix. All bouncing around. Corner. Shouts for a penalty from the Aston Villa end. Hard to tell from where I'm standing. The body's flying all over the place. Four minutes extra time. Into the middle, headed clear. Ball still down the middle end, worryingly. Whistle blows, thankfully. Some infringement, offside, pushing, shoving. Who cares? Lines with a free kick. Halfway inside the Aston Villa half. A couple of minutes yet, yet to go. So it's a late chance for Millwall. Maybe on the left side, Jed Wallace is going to take. Williams has gone over. Late, late, late chance. Cooper's forward. 
Gregory standing a few yards ahead of the line of Aston Villa defenders. Uh, Elliot's in there. Can be floated in from the left hand side from Wallace. It's flighted kind of low. Bouncing around inside the penalty area. Falls to Corner. falls to, to Hutchinson for a go. Falls to Corner in the event on the left right hand side. Into a take from the, the uh, right hand side now. Good to see him back into in proceedings. We've missed him. <laughs> just damned with my praise that was a poor free uh, corner cleared for another throw in there it is full time dear listeners 0-0 good fighting point by Millwall um, we probably deserved to edge it in my opinion we had chances Villa were made to look very ordinary by the finish that was a fighting point I would have uh, name checked uh, Jake Cooper in central defence good performance by Dave Martin in goal the whole defence Sean Hutchinson up front, Lee Gregory did a fantastic amount of work with Phil Tunnicliffe. I like Tunnicliffe today. Uh, man of the match, I'm going to pick out Jake Cooper overall, but that was a strong fighting point at our top-rated side. Uh, very, very strong performance by the lines overall. We're going to be right back after these messages with Mr Omar Romain from a very, very cold Aston Villa. Huge welcome back onto the show to um, a missing guest for a little while, Omar. Omar Romain. Welcome back, mate. Thanks for being back on, Nick. It's been a little while, but yeah, a little yeah. this. Yeah. Well, we've chose a good day to come back. Um, I want to kick us off with a great quote that I've picked up from This Is Millwall on Twitter. It's a little bit near the mark, but who, who, who cares, Omar? Um, we, we, we restricted to Derby to less shots on target than Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> but that sums up the day that was a massive performance by the Lions yesterday yeah I, I, I could certainly go along with that I think uh, from start to finish we were superb and like I said like I said you just previous if on another day you know we could have probably nicked that and would have deservedly so as well and I think after the game Steve Bruce said the similar thing from Aston Villa's point of view and I think he broke his goalkeeper and like I said on another day Maybe we're just missing that top-notch striker, but I want to. I thought we were superb from start to finish. That's one of the talking points I've picked out on, our, on, the, on my notes for, for when I call you. Um, you said could have won it, should have won it. Is it? Is would you say we should have nicked the points there? I, I think we should have done. Yeah, I think we definitely edged it. I mean, I, to be honest, I can't remember David Martin making a, a save the whole game. To be honest, I think they had a couple of chances, Villa, but they seemed to put it wide. Or, but it wasn't a moment where they threw on goal, and I'm thinking, oh dear, this is going to be a goal here. I think there was one moment in the first half where Cooper made yeah. a great tackle, a couple of early shots. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but apart from that, honestly, I think from start to finish on the break, especially, obviously, classic Millwall how we're playing. We like to kind of contain them, and then as soon as we hit them on the break, we've got players like Wallace, bit of pace, O'Brien, Gregory. It's just, I think, on another day that could have been a couple performance by us and yeah I think we've done really well yeah I, I mean there was one shot in the second half I think Martin got down low to his his left it was a shot from distance uh, and I think that was the story of the game really we, we restricted him to shots from distance and that was on target he batted it round for the, a corner um, and I thought David Martin stepped into Jordan Archer's shoes big shoes to fill Omer and did a fantastic job there for us. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd no previous knowledge of the player, but he, he, he looked like he'd, he'd been playing there all season for me. 
Absolutely, and I think there's probably credit goes to the manager for that one because I think the whole controversy in the summer was do we keep Tom King as the yeah. backup? Is Tom King good enough? I mean, Tom King did himself no. Uh, he, I don't think he done. I think he was perfect for us last season. Yeah. When he stepped in. Yeah. However, having that experienced backup option, which Neil Harris even cited he wanted, it's just proved valuable here in circumstances where Archer's obviously ill and not able to play, and Martin stepped in and done a great job. No, great, great, great show by Belmarton and, and the whole defence for that matter. I mean, there's a few players I want to pick out from yesterday, one of which is uh, Jake Cooper. Um, I think he did a fantastic tackle. Was it in the first half or the second half? I think it was the second when they were on the break and he put in a tackle that uh, was a goal-saving um, tackle. I mean, that, that boy is maturing fast and I really like the look of Jake Cooper at the moment, Omar. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget his age as well. I think um, he, he's obviously come in with a lot of expectation after his loan spell last season, but I think he's only 22 years old. He still, is. He's a youngster. And I, yeah. yeah, and I think um, you, you see yesterday what kind of performance he puts in. Maybe he's not as technical on the ball or may, might be a little bit kind of critical. Well, I, I think people around me normally are about him kind of playing <laughs> forward to Morrison all the time. <laughs> I put myself away from that one. <laughs> critical Millwall fans. Who, who, who knew? Who would have thought? Oh, dear. But yeah, I think on, he's he offers obviously what you see from him really he's obviously a tall guy quite strong physical and he's a threat in both boxes and he's definitely a valuable player for us to have and 22 years of age he's only going to get better and as you saw yesterday I think it's the best performance of the season Yeah I mean the whole defence I mean we've got to mention Hutchinson alongside him who I think brings a certain calmness to uh, to proceedings but he's really bringing uh, Jake Cooper along and uh, that was a fantastic defensive show also want to mention Marlon Romeo Omer, as well who again has played himself into this team um, he's keeping Conor McLaughlin out and they, you know it's it's it, it's a switch around, isn't it? I mean, previously McLaughlin was first choice. I, I can't see how you could not pick Romeo going forwards at the moment on 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 form. He just gives you that extra attacking um, element, doesn't he? Absolutely, and I think yesterday I I, I was thinking is Harris going to drop him and put McLaughlin back in? Obviously, the international player, and obviously McLaughlin's done us obviously well since he's come in on a free transfer. But Romeo's been waiting the wings and played brilliantly last weekend, and this yesterday was even better, I'd say. And Adoma, who's up front for um, Aston Villa, is a yeah. quick player, but I think Romeo just obviously tamed him quite well and. By the end of the game, I think he was one of the standouts in the back four as well. They showed a couple of early moments, um, probably about the first 15, 20 minutes or so, a few shots over the bar. Um, but you're right, they didn't really threaten in close at all, did they? They, they had no, um, no goal-scoring opportunities in front of goal, um, and we really did contain them very, very well. Part of the credit for that has got to go to the midfield as well. I'm a, um, a much maligned player, but I've, I take my hat off to um, Ryan Tunnicliffe yesterday. I thought he did a fantastic job in midfield. Absolutely. I think uh, the last couple of games we've seen, he's real potential from him, to be honest. And another young player people don't really realise as well. But he's obviously came into the side when Williams was injured. Maybe he looked a bit unfit when he first came in because yeah. he obviously wasn't getting the games, wasn't playing consistently. And it took him a while to get going. But you look at him in the last few games and he's box to box. He's everywhere. Every time he had a counter-attack, he was a player in the box, which I found quite weird. It was like, if there's a play, play down the side and the first fourth player was Tunnicliffe. He's quick at both boxes and obviously very technically good. And um, him and Sable seem to have an understanding now. But obviously Williams is coming back now, so welcome addition, obviously. But yeah, adds a bit of a selection dilemma, I think. Well, he's, I mean... Tunnicliffe's form was improved. I mean, I, I, I've been slightly um, disparaging towards him, and um, but I'm also willing to take back those words on yesterday's show. I thought that was a standout midfield performance by Tunnicliffe. What was interesting, the, the second half chance for Gregory, when um, I missed it in real time, but he actually clipped the top of the bar from, from the very tight angle uh, on the left of goal. Um, Tunnicliffe had actually made a surging run. I don't know if you caught that, um, 
Roma, but in, yep. it, he wanted he wanted in front of goal, and he wanted a cross, and that would have been probably the better option in, in crystal clear hindsight. And that was quite a run he made there to, to get forwards that fast. On yeah, the I mean, and that's what I was touching on. I, he's, I think he done it three or four times yesterday, to be honest. And he's obviously got a lot of energy levels on him now. And I think that he's obviously come with the run of games and obviously knowing he's going to be playing. And I think we have a settled side and obviously the injuries didn't help. But he's obviously come in and done a good job towards the end. I think at first the balance was a bit upset with obviously Williams going out and Tony Cliff having to come in and form a partnership with Savile. But I think it's definitely there now. And yeah, yeah Tony Cliff's best game as well yesterday, I have to say. And, and, and a good show by Savile. He probably, um, it was George Savile and I think he's a consistent performer. Former. Um, Tony Cliff stood out for me yesterday, but no, that's no, um, you know, no knocking of, of Savile. The wingers, um, we had we had Jed Wallace. Jed Wallace gives you the Jed Wallace show every every game, pretty consistently. Um, I suppose if I was being hypercritical, Omer, um, at times he's a, perhaps he takes the self indulgent route slightly um, rather than look for the look for the ball in. But that's being hypercritical, I'm aware. But you're judging by quite high standards. Yeah, I mean, he sets the high standards himself, really. I he suppose, does, isn't it? When you when you see him on a weekly basis and he's doing the job, and I think yesterday we used him to his obviously to his skills. We used him on the break, and he was running at players, causing trouble. But there was that little bit of end product also missing yesterday, I have to say. But like I said, with Jed Wallace, you get what you get: a hard-working winger. And without him in our side, we miss him valuably. Oh, don't we the just? Last couple of games, yeah. obviously, he's shown us exactly what he can offer for us. But I think yesterday that end product was slightly missing. I'd agree with that. Um, but yeah, I think obviously Wallace is obviously a key player for us, and hopefully we'll see a bit more from him over the Christmas period. When he runs at players, he causes panic. I'm thinking back to last week that run that he made for the uh, in the lead up to the opening goal last week against Sheffield United. A couple of times yesterday, when he actually gets the ball and runs at defenders, they really don't like it. They they, they it, it does cause the um, the space to develop for other players to to, to move into. He's a top quality performer. Um, we, we're so lucky to have him at our level. Absolutely, and I think obviously we'll probably mention O'Brien in a moment. I thought O'Brien was actually yeah, uh, really yeah. on it yesterday, and obviously Ferguson seems like he's going to be injured for a few weeks, which is obviously another player injured. Fred's injured, Ferguson's injured, so probably another young winger might have to come have a chance over the Christmas period. But I think, uh, yeah, I think O'Brien was also great yesterday as well for us. Probably the first time I've seen O'Brien where he's really looked truly comfortable in the wing role. Um, you know, he's, he's always. Um, he always has that kind of heart, is he a winger, is he a striker dilemma. But yesterday he actually did look the part and he put in a massive performance. Um, you know, what, what's changed? Maybe he's done some work at the, at the training ground. I mean, he certainly looked more comfortable there. Yeah, and I think uh, with Meredith behind him as well, he's got a bit more confidence to kind of go forward. And I think Meredith, it kind of offers a balance of Meredith offering the wide option, O'Brien cutting in. And I think yesterday O'Brien was on it as well. And I think everything we seem to do that almost came across good. O'Brien was involved with definitely all of it. Yeah, I mean, up front, obviously, we've we've mentioned Lee Gregory already. Um, some good breaks on goal yesterday. I mean, I think it was eight shots on target we had. Um, luck plays its part. I mean, I, I think Gregory took the, um, the, the the shot option from that tight angle we just mentioned, which maybe a cross would have been the better option. But sometimes I think they're damned if they do and damned if they don't up front. You, you want your strikers to have a goal. You want them to be confident. Um, and clipping the bar, well, you can't get much closer than that. Um Morrison, um, I, I, again, you know, you, you have your critics around you in the crowd and I, I hear critics around me in the crowd. How people can slag Steve Morrison. I know he's got the, not got the goals this season, but Jesus, he does the work, Homer, doesn't he? We'd, we'd miss him without him, you know. We're missing the Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, his end product is not there at the moment and it hasn't been for the entire season, which is obviously a big shame and we rely on him and Gregory to score goals for us. Um, 
you look at the table and you say, okay, we're, we're lower to the we're middle to the end of the table, but our goal difference is only one. And compared to other teams around us, we're actually doing a good job and we're not conceding loads of goals, but we're just not scoring the goals. And I, I still think the goals will come with Morrison. It's just, he obviously the work he does off the ball, that's the thing. If you, if you look at proper, like when people were like on the TV are praising Morrison, it's because of the work he does off the ball. That's Absolutely. Yeah. Not highlighted ever around, but when obviously we're judging him just based on scoring goals. But off the ball, Morrison does so much for us. It's just obviously we're missing that last play, a bit of magic from him and Gregory at the moment. It's, it's a leader. Um, there was a moment in the first half, a little bit of hand, or second half, a little bit of handbags. I think Jake Cooper got drawn into some handbags over on the far side, and I thought well, it was a, perhaps a little bit naive. He's just showing his young age they're getting mixed up in something he didn't need to be mixed up in. And Morrison straight in the referee's ear as soon as it started, uh, just kind of you know, bending his ear, taking or trying to take some measure of control of the situation. And that's a mature player. I also want to pick up on the flick headers, that some of the flick headers he puts in there create so much space for Gregory and, and Wallace to run on soon to pick up the ball, the second ball. We've, anyone that thinks we can't get by without Steve Morrison at the moment, I think is deluded. I don't know, I don't know what, the, what people see, that I, you know, what, what they're looking at at times with him. Yeah, and I mean, like this is just know-how, isn't it? It's like if you're winning one nil and you're in the 90th minute, you know Steve Morrison's going to take it to the corner flag and buy you a minutes. You just know it's going to happen. You know Morrison will do it successfully as well. Um, obviously, like I said, the goals are missing at the moment. Elliot's on his heels, but I think Elliot on the bench is a good impact player for us to have, and Morrison sets an example early on for us. I think Elliot coming into the game probably is the option at the moment. Um, whether he's the long-term answer once uh, Steve Morrison, you know, finally uh, hangs up his boots, I, I don't know, or starts to fade away. He has a physicality to him, Tom Elliott. It just maybe lacks a little bit of um, nous and um, guile that Morrison has has so much of. Um, a few choices to be made, I suppose, over the Christmas period. I know we've got um, selection issues. I mean, would you continue with Romeo in the in the right back position? I think, yeah, I think so. I think he's been waiting in the wings for his chance. And obviously we will have games thick and fast. So maybe there'll be a couple of games where you choose Romeo and a couple of games you choose McLaughlin. But at the moment, you can't argue with Romeo having the fullback shirt. I mean, he's been waiting for his chance. And I mean, I think he was his debut in League One where he scored a goal and his debut in the Championship where he scored a goal. And I think, you know, he's doing all the right things to stay in the team for us. I suppose the real hard choice is going to come in midfield. And I'm interested to know whether you bring back Williams, stick with Tunnicliffe and Savile. Or would you go back to the Williams and Savile combo? Um, it's actually a hard choice suddenly, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if, if you asked me four weeks ago when yeah. we were struggling to get a win, <laughs> I'd say, God, get Williams back as soon as possible. But I think it maybe adds another dynamic. Maybe it could be a, a change up in formation even, or, you know, it could add, add something different. I think them three in the middle would be a handful for any championship side as well. But it, it's just an added dilemma for us to have. I mean, one thing I do um, notice increasingly, and Neil Harris is maturing as a manager. He's, he's, bu- he's building experience. That was a, that was a strong side we played yesterday, Omar. That was an expensive side yesterday, managed by an experienced manager, Steve Bruce, who's been who's, you know been there, done it all as a player. Um, and we we contained them, and we made them look ordinary by the finish of that game. I thought I thought we were the stronger side and should have won it. Now that's a tribute to Neil's tactical awareness and and willingness to to learn and, and adjust as it goes along. I mean, we saw it last week, didn't we, in that second half um, change of formation. 
Yeah, definitely. I think that's a multi-million pound side there, and there's millions and millions actually. You got players like Snodgrass on big wages, Hep Lansbury, Adoma, who's a known Championship forward, and even the centre half Samba, who has been around in the Premier League for untold years. So you know, you've got a lot of players there that I think even then they had injuries. Obviously, John Terry didn't play, which is a shame. I'm sure Millwall fans would love seeing John Terry play yesterday. Um, but, you know, <laughs> probably, would have, probably would have been the spark onto the yeah. petrol, wouldn't it? Um, the side of Terry. Um, yeah, I think um, credit due to Neil Harrison. We're seeing a side that is grafting for him week in, week out from the start to the end of the games. There's not a question of one player on the pitch not grafting for their manager. And I think there's a whole team unit, which is what Harris obviously wants. And you can just see the rewards of that. And hopefully once we get a little luck up front, then, you know, we might see us even go up the table. When I saw C. Samba filling the Aston Villa side, I, I thought for a moment it was Cherno of the old football manager, <laughs> the best player in the world, and you know, the best player in Europe on football manager of, of, of the older versions anyway. Yeah. Um, speaking after the game, fair play to Steve Bruce. I, mean, I don't, some, you know, we've had a couple of honest managers the last couple of weeks, Bruce and, um, and the Sheffield United bloke last week. Um, sometimes he says, you have to say well done to the opposition. We found it difficult. Now we have to move on and get ready for next weekend. We found it difficult against the big, tough Millwall team. One of those frustrating days where you take the point and move on. That's quite a tribute to that side, to the Millwall side, uh, for a manager of that standing to pay that kind of credit to them. Definitely. And uh, obviously with the run of games we've got, big away games to come, we just need to use that as adding motivation to turn up and do these sort of performances again. And, you know, you look at this side and you don't question it that you're going to get a 10 out of 10 commitment every game and just hopefully we get a little bit of luck. Just one interesting point. I'm just looking at a couple of tweets here. A guy called Jake Saunders says, only Millwall can fail to beat Bolton, Barnsley, Burton, Hull and Sunderland, but managed to draw with Bristol City, Aston Villa and beat Norwich, Leeds and Sheffield United. There is a, that's a very Millwall, um, <laughs> that's a very Millwall failing, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. The, the failure to put away the, uh, the less glamorous, um, low interest, low adrenaline sides. And to raise it for the big occasion. I mean, that was a that was a big ground. What one one of the great grounds of English football. I said it in my life piece, and you know that's that's our kind of game, isn't it? We do struggle against the smaller, less less glamorous opponents. Sadly, that's, yeah, and that's. I mean, it's exactly what you want. I mean, I think I, I was talking about it the other week, and it's like, okay, yeah, we're on a tough run of form, but I'd much rather welcome teams like Sheffield United and travel to Aston Villa than being travelling to Shrewsbury on a Tuesday night. It's just this is exactly what you want as a fan, and you want to be the underdog, and we thrive on it, and that's what we love Millwall for. I have to say, absolutely. I mean, one other note I've given myself before we close out: if you want one fixture that explains the difference between League One and the Championship, then welcome to Villa Park. It it was you know it was, it was a big ground it's it's a great great venue and as you say we go there as the underdogs and don't we just love that what a great um, showing by the 2000 Millwall fans yesterday home as well really really laid down some good support for the team yesterday absolutely and I think the players appreciate the end which is always a nice thing to see absolutely another big game next week Middlesbrough at home um, another tough um, tough opponent but suddenly we've gone from a bit of a lull to suddenly we're going into a we fear no foe type of mode again. We seem to go through these little little phases and, and suddenly we're back into that going into Christmas, critical time. Um, looking forward to next week? Yeah, absolutely. I think Middlesbrough is one of those teams, again, that spent a lot of money. However, they've struggled to kind of get like consistent run of form. So you kind of don't know what kind of side you're going to get when you play them. So obviously got loads of talent, loads of players that cost a lot of money. But on our day at home, I definitely fancy us and look forward to it. Money. There's nothing we like better than turning over big money opponents. That's fantastic. Fantastic stuff. Thank you to Omar Ronay for getting out of bed on the Sunday morning for me. Appreciate it, mate. (laughs) And um, hope to speak to you over Christmas, mate.
You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.